This is the John Oakley Show podcast. You know, the whole idea of the uh, liberals, they've got issues to reconcile uh, Western oil extraction versus fighting climate change. I don't know how they're going to square that circle, but let's put it to a wiser man than I. Conrad Black, author, commentator, and historian, has joined us here on the Oakley Show. Conrad, good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. And if I am equally wise to you, I am rich indeed. Oh, my goodness. Flattery gets you everywhere, Conrad. <laughs> it's not flattery. It's a Well, I appreciate that. Thank you for that. Uh, Insofar as what I said, though, you know, when it comes to uh, how the liberal government, having just announced, for example, his new cabinet uh, just a few days ago, this new minister of the environment and climate change, Jonathan Wilkinson, he's from uh, Vancouver, I guess, and uh, big in this field. Then you got Christopher Freeland, who's got to go out and sell Western Canada on the idea that, you know, uh, we can pacify or, you know, satisfy all interests. This is going to get real interesting, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, that was sort of my comment after the election. I, I, I think, uh, I, I don't know Mr. Wilkinson at all. He has a so-called clean tech background, which is fine. But I, 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 th- I, think, uh, I think either we want to build on the petrochemicals and petroleum industries and, and with absolutely very high regard for environmental concerns and where appropriate for the interests of indigenous people, we want to build on it as the great source of exports and export revenue that it is for this country, or, or we're trying to shut it down. And, and this government can't suck and blow at the same time. Now, I think Wilkinson's background is not one that incites optimism, but if, on the other hand, he... he you know, he has the views he has and the experience he has, and it's not for me to minimize that. If he adopts the policy, he's going to try to help uh, the oil industry of Canada perform in an environmentally safe and maximum uh, production and profit way uh, for the benefit of the whole country. Then, then he. I think the job can be done. I, but I don't know anything about him other than what I read, so I have no standing to say whether he, he can do it. Christia Freeland, I do know. She's a very able person, and I, and I think she is capable of doing uh, an excellent job in, in this position uh, if she has the right mandate. But you, no matter how talented she is, if her orders are to tell uh, the energy-producing provinces that essentially we're we're strangling them with great regret, and we'll we'll try and help them get uh, revenue somewhere else, but we don't know where that would be. Then, uh, no matter how brilliant she is, she's not going to be successful. But if she has a mandate to try and actually uh, conciliate these people and take a reasonable position that maximizes the tremendous resources they have there, instead of trying to make a pariah, as Gwyn Morgan put it, uh, the former head of Encana, uh, out of the oil industry, then then. Uh, you know, if, if, you know, as I say, if she has the right mandate, she'll do it well. If she doesn't, no matter how good she is, and she is capable, it won't work. Well, but they're going to make climate change their principal uh, objective. Yeah, but and... this is rubbish. I mean, it's just complete rubbish. Uh, I took the trouble of reading the executive summary of the latest uh, 600, 700-page statement from the International Panel on Climate Change, which is the authoritative source always cited by climate change uh, uh, activists and alarmists, too. The actual wording is very judicious and very cautious, and it absolutely does not justify 
the, the kind of penalties that the government of Canada in particular is trying to put on fossil fuel industries. Uh, it, it is extremely hesitant and careful, having been caught red-handed with wild exaggerations in the past, such as the infamous hockey stick of the 45-degree rise in global temperatures, which was a complete fiction, or the melting away of the Himalayan glacier, which hasn't happened. I mean, it, it, they are now commendably, they've learned, they're extremely cautious. All they're saying is that it is possible that there could be uh, an increase between now and 2052 of up to half a centigrade degree, but, but that is conditional upon various things that they cannot estimate, and in any case, if it occurs, would not be entirely due to man-caused so-called anthropogenic factors. And that's fine. I have no problem with that. But the second thing to keep in mind is Canada provides less than 1% of the anthropogenic emissions in the world, and, and by far the greatest source of them is in China and India, representing more than a third of the population of the world. And we celebrate, quite rightly, the fast economic growth of both of those countries. We export to it. We encourage it and profit from it. And it is a great thing. Tens of millions of people pulled out of poverty every year in both of those countries. But it does, you do pay a, 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 an environmental penalty for it. But even at all of that, it isn't clear that it's actually affecting world climate at all. Well, but this is Canada, why I'm asking. Yeah, you mean, yeah but Canada, and look, if every, if every home in Canada had a belching coal fire every day of the year, even in the summer, in their backyard, uh, it wouldn't affect the climate of Canada or the world. Well, it's this nonsense. Is, it, we don't want to see our economy beggared or hampered because they've got this ideologically driven impression that's come out of the U.N. as much as anywhere, and this is where it gets interesting because I was reading in the National Post, for example, the Liberal Party's likely to place a high emphasis on winning the Security Council seat. A seat on the Security Council at the U.N. is uh, somewhat stated as a priority for this government. Why does that make sense? doesn't. Uh, I, it, it's a valuable thing to have if you're a permanent member, but there have been five permanent members from the beginning. Right. The, United, the United States, the UK, now Russia, formerly the Soviet Union, and, and France and China. I, I think they should give it to some of the other main countries like uh, India and Japan and Germany and one or two others. But, the, but th- that's not the point. A, a, a temporary seat, is you're there at the sufferance of the majority in the General Assembly, which is essentially a ragtag of the poorest and most incompetently and corruptly governed countries in the world. And what, in order to get there, you pander to these people. That's how, uh, uh, what's his name, Gaddafi's Libya became the, uh, the chair of the human rights. <laughs> right. I mean, it's the whole thing is a mockery. It's primal screen therapy for the most backward regimes in the world. We should not be demeaning ourselves by pitching to such an electorate as that. Again, with Conrad Black. Well, you know, at the United Nations, they're also famous for uh, condemning Israel disproportionately, the number of votes. But, you know, that even happens up at York University. Don't know if you followed this, but there were the anti-Israel protests up at York last night. Uh, and, you know, when you got the, the folks who are uh, against, well, there were soldiers from the IDF came in to give a speech or purported to uh, give a speech, and they tried to shut them down, part of the cancel culture. The claims of Israeli apartheid, uh, is that thinly disguised anti-Semitism? 
Uh, I, I, it, that requires me to mind read groups, and, and, and uh, one, I'm not good at mind reading, and neither is anyone else, by the way. And two, uh, uh, the groups aren't exactly identified and aren't known to me, so I can't go that far. But I, I, mean, I just can't impute the motives to people I don't know. Uh, I, I, but I would go this far. It is either anti-Semitism or it is um, a, 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 an ignorance that may not be malicious. It may simply be is uninformed, but but it is in any case an unsound and indefensible position. Israel is a huge success story as a country. It is set up with absolute legitimacy by the United Nations on the motion of Stalin's delegate, seconded by President Truman's, as a Jewish state, a homeland for people that when Israel was founded had been half its entire population in the world had been murdered in a genocidal assault from the most evil regime in history, Nazi Germany, and uh, with, I may say, the collusion of some local elements. And uh, that is the purpose of Israel. And then to call it an apartheid state when the Arabs who live in Israel have greater rights than any other Arab population in the Arab world or in, the, in that area of the Middle East uh, is simply an outrage a complete outrage, and that it would take place in a Canadian university and deny people, any people, even if these people were Nazis, they have a right to free speech, and they aren't Nazis, they're veterans of a very distinguished military force that has defended Israel every day of that country's existence. And, and I, I, it's just a disgrace, and it's doubly a disgrace in the university. Well stated. Conrad, I appreciate uh, your weighing in as always. I hope you have a great weekend. John, I'll settle down to more, more uh, moderately stated views, but you, 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 you throw some real, um, you know, grapefruit balls at me here. <laughs> well, they're fungos, and you hit them out of the park. That's how it works uh, very well. Uh, I'll let you go on that note, and we'll talk soon. Good weekend to all your listeners, John. Thank you to you and uh, to your uh, you as well. Conrad Black, author, commentator, historian. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.